It's time for the What in the Podcast. The Count of St. Germain is a nobleman who was born in the late 17th century, yet despite being such as a well-documented individual, little is certain about the man himself. St. Germain has been seen by many as a man of wonder, a mathematician, poet, philosopher, alchemist, accomplished musician, and author. Records show he died in the late 18th century, but did he? St. Germain pops up throughout history into the late 20th century, and claims of his presence date back more than 3,000 years. Was he an immortal, vampire, an ascended master, or all of the above? We'll explore his legend as we welcome back our good friend and UFO contactee Aaron Montgomery, who claims to have had a personal encounter with the great man as well. Welcome to episode 34 of What in the Podcast! Welcome to the What in the Podcast with your hosts, Kent Whittington and Adriana Camito and Tracy Lynn Hernandez. Hello and welcome to the What in the Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Kent Whittington. Along with me are my lovely co-hosts. Say your names, please. Tracy Lynn Hernandez. Nick. <laughs> okay. Adriana Camito. You usually go first. And with us tonight, we have an extra care. co-hostess. Who is it? Aaron Montgomery, Aaron Montgomery yes, Aaron. our friend Aaron. Hi, Aaron. <laughs> Welcome to the show. So, um, tonight we are going to attempt to talk about Count of St. Germain. Um, I will be perfectly honest, as I was talking earlier with uh, with the ladies here, this is one subject that I, I, I know a little bit about, and for some reason... I have had some trepidation about even talking about the man, and I don't know why. But we're gonna we're gonna make the attempt. <laughs> so anyway, um, I wanna I wanna do a shout out again to uh, Jerry and Tracy Polly over at Hillbilly Horror Stories. I, I know we do this a lot, telling that there are spiritual godparents or pod parents, however you want to put it. But Grown. Jerry did something nice for me uh, earlier this week. Um, he was uh, talking about something on Facebook, uh, about his listeners and everything, and I told him, I wish I had those numbers. And he told me, you know, just keep doing it, you'll get there. But then one of uh, the other followers asked for my information for the podcast. So I asked his permission, he said, absolutely. And then I was able to give her the information, I said, thanks, Jerry, and everything was cool. I thought that was a really nice thing for him to do for us. I didn't even know, but this is the first I'm hearing of this. Usually stuff like this happens and he tells me right away, right? So you must be scared of me this week. A little bit, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that time of the month. And... Thank you. Let's let's announce to our <laughs> listeners that, hey, I've got my period, yay. You did this. I don't know why. It happens to all of us. Even Even the guys get it every once in a while, you know. Yes. More than the women, I've noticed. He is more moody than I am. No, their cycles every 45 days. And it I'm lasts 45 like, Unlike ours, you can't throw chocolate at it and say, take it, run away, have a glass of wine. 
They get snarly at you when you say, chocolate, wine, go away. I get snarly when he tries that with me, too. Actually, no, I say, give me the chocolate. Now you can leave without death. <laughs> so what's it like for you, Aaron? No <laughs> comment. <laughs> no comment. No comment. So you guys just go into separate rooms when the time hits and ignore each other, or do you rah rah rah? Does it work? Well, you know, the thing about being uh, female is that oftentimes when you are in close proximity to have it at the same time, you sync up, and mm -hmm. so we both want to isolate. Neither one of us want to be around each other, and it, and it works. Okay. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's what that is. Sorry for the clanking, guys. That's all right. Tracy's just uh, adjusting her laptop right now, making a little more... Uh... An attempt to make more sound. Yes. Let's see, did it work? Echo, echo. Echo, echo, yes. <laughs> we'll find out. Okay. Yeah, right. my, my niece and I, we don't even live in the same house, and we are synced up. Her husband says, don't go over there, you're going to catch your period. Like, like, he, like she can catch it. Please. <laughs> it's going to happen whether or not it has nothing to do with me. Okay. <laughs> No comment. That's her husband who said I that. You're going 16 years this April. I have had no problems thanks to miracles of science. And a doctor going, you can choose pregnancy and seizures or pain-free. I said, oh, darn. Pain-free. I choose pain-free. <laughs> I could use a miracle, but that's another story. I'll keep my mouth shut. So anyway. Anywho. Yeah, let's, we're not here to talk about monthlies. We're here to talk about Count of St. Germain. You started it? Just remember that. When you go through and edit this, it's your fault. Now who's airing the dirty laundry? <clears throat> no, you started anyway. this conversation. <laughs> well, I want to say that I am sure that all of this is planned and he is getting a very big kick out of the whole conversation. More I think he, likely, yes. he's smirking I and think he's turning red, but he's smirking. Here. Anyway. I think so, too. I think so, too. Yeah. Yes. He does that all the time. Not like that. <laughs> Evidently, we're Excuse being, me, we're folks. Being, uh, we're being a cat do a show for us. Yeah. Well, he's not stripping yet, Just... so it's all good. <laughs> Pay no attention to the cat behind the curtain. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Let's get into it. Count of Saint Germain. <laughs> Sorry. Um, just in the basics here. Um, he was a European adventurer with an interest in science, alchemy, and the arts. He achieved prominence in European high society in the mid-1700s. Prince Charles of Hesse-Castle considered him to be one of the greatest philosophers who ever lived. Hesse-Germany or Bavaria? Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. St. Germain used a variety of names and titles and accepted practice amongst the royalty and nobility at the time, actually. Uh -huh. <coughs> Excuse me. These include the Marquis de Montferrat, Comte Bellamer, Chevalier Schoening, Count Welding, Count Soltikoff, Graf Sarkozy, and Prince Ragozzi. I've heard that one. Mm -hmm. That's the only one out of all that of them I think I've heard. That comes up quite a bit, actually. Yeah. I haven't heard any of the other ones. Uh, in order to deflect inquiries as to his origins, he would make far-fetched claims such as being 500 years old, leading Voltaire to sarcastically dub him the Wonder Man, <laughs> and that he is a man who does not die and who knows everything. 
His real name is unknown, while his birth and background are obscure, but towards the end of his life, he claimed that he was the son of Prince Francis II Rakosi of Transylvania. His name has occasionally caused him to be confused with Claude Louis, or Claude Louis, Comte de Saint-Germain, a noted French general. Uh, he claimed to be the son of Francis II Rakosi, as I said, uh, which could possibly be an unfounded claim. We know very little about him, actually, and, and so much at the same time. It's kind of weird. However, this would account for his wealth and fine education. The will of Francis II mentioned his eldest son, Leopold George, or Georg, who was believed to have died at the age of four. The speculation is that his identity was safeguarded as a protective measure from the persecutions against the Habsburg dynasty. At the time of his arrival in Schleswig on 1779, St. Germain told Prince Charles of Hesse Castle that he was 88 years old. This would place his birth in 1691 when Francis II was 15 years old. Hmm? You know how that? I'm trying to find out where you're at. That's I'm on the first page still. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost St. Germain was supposed to look under background. I did. St. Germain was supposedly educated in Italy by the last of the Medicis. Gian Gaston, his alleged mother's brother-in-law. He was believed to be a student at the University of, uh, of Siena throughout his adult life. He deliberately spun a confusing web to conceal his actual name and origins using different pseudonyms in the different places of Europe that he visited. So he's a man of many faces and many names, basically. The Marquis de Cricoy declared that Saint Germain was an Alsatian Jew. Simon Wolfe by name and was born at Strasbourg with about the close of the 17th or the beginning of the 18th century. Others insist that he was a Spanish Jesuit named Amar, and others again intimate that his true title was the Marquis de Betmar, and that he was a native of Portugal. The most plausible theory, however, makes him the natural son of an Italian princess and fixes his birth at San Germano in Savoy about the year 1710 his ostensible father being one Rotondo, a tax collector of that district. Uh, that's according to Phineas Taylor Barnum from The Humbugs of the World. So th th I think there's a little bias in that description, but you kind of get the general idea. Uh, as far as the historical figure goes, he appears to have begun to be known under the title of Count St. Germain during the early 1740s. In England, according to David Hunter, the Count contributed some of the songs to Costanza de Lusa, an opera performed at the Haymarket Theatre in London, on all but one of the Saturdays from 9 February to 20 April 1745. Later, in a letter of December of that same year, Horace Walpole mentions the Count St. Germain as being arrested in London on suspicion of espionage. This was during the Jacobite Revolution of 1745, but released without charge. The uh, other day he sees an odd man who goes by the name of St. Germain. He has been here these two years and will not tell who he is, or whence but professes to wonderful things the first, that he does not go by his right name, and the second that he never had any dealings with any woman, nay, nor any, nor with any uh, secondanum. Sec Boy, that's a hard word, I'm sorry. Secondanium, sorry. <laughs> he sings, plays on the violin wonderfully, composes, is mad, and not very sensible. He is called an Italian, a Spaniard, a Pole, a somebody that married a great fortune in Mexico and ran away with her jewels to Constantinople, a priest, a fiddler, a vast nobleman, 
The Prince of Wales has had unsatiated curiosity about him, but in vain. However, nothing has been made out against him. He is released, and what convinces me that he is not a gentleman stays here and talks of his being taken up for a spy. The Count gave two private musical performances in London in April on May 1749. On one such occasion, Lady Jemima York described how she was very entertained by him, or at him, the whole time. I mean the oddness of his manner, which is impossible not to laugh at. Otherwise, you know, he's very sensible and well-bred in conversation, she continued. He, sorry. He is an odd creature, and the more I see him, the more curious I am to know something about him. He is everything with everybody. He talks ingenuously with Mr. Ray, philosophy with Lord Willoughby, and is gallant with Miss York, Miss Carpenter, and all the young ladies. But the character and philosopher of what he seems to pretend to and to be a good deal conceited of, the others are put on to comply with Les Meniers de Monde, but that you are to suppose his real characteristic. And I can't but fancy he is a great pretender in all kinds of science, as well as that he really has acquired an uncommon share of some. Walpoo reports that St. Germain spoke Italian and French with the greatest facility, though it was evident that neither was his language. He understood Polish and soon learned to understand English and talk it a little. But Spanish or Portuguese seemed his natural language. Walpoo concludes that the Count was a man of quality who had been in or designed for the church. He was too great a musician not to have been famous if he had not been a gentleman. Walpole describes the Count as pale with extremely black hair and a beard. Sound like yours? Nope. Okay. Well, I don't know. He had on a powdered wig, so it was different. Did he wear a beard? Couldn't have black hair. Okay. I don't remember a beard. Okay, we are talking about, uh, about this with Erin specifically because she is had an encounter with St. Germain, and we'll be getting into that later on in the show. Um, okay, he dressed magnificently and had several jewels and was clearly receiving large remittances but made no other figure. Uh, in France, St. Germain appeared in the French court around 1748, and in 1749 he was employed by Louis XV for diplomatic missions. A mime and English comedian known as Milord Gower impersonated St. Germain in Paris salons. His stories were wilder than the real counts. He had advised Jesus, for example. Inevitably, hearsay of his routine got confused with the original. Giacomo Casanova describes in his memoirs several meetings with the celebrated and learned impostor. Of his first meeting in Paris in 1757, he writes, The most enjoyable dinner I had was with Madame de Robert Guergue, who came with the famous adventurer known by the name of the Count de Saint-Germain. This individual, instead of eating, talked from the beginning of the meal to the end, and I followed his example in one respect as I did not eat, but listened to him with the greatest attention. It may safely be said that as a conversationalist he was unequaled. Saint Germain gave himself out for a marvel and always aimed at exciting amazement, which he often succeeded in doing. He was scholar, linguist, musician, and chemist, good-looking, and a perfect ladies' man. For a while he gave them paints and cosmetics. He flattered them, not that he would make them young again, which he modestly confessed was beyond him, but that their beauty would be preserved by means of a wash which he said cost him a lot of money, but which he gave away freely. 
He had convinced, he had contrived to gain the favor of Madame de Pompadour, who had spoken about him to the king, for whom he had a, a labor. Oh boy, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sometimes words trip me up. For uh, for whom he had a, a see? for whom he had made laboratory. a laboratory. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> in which the monarch, a martyr to boredom, tried to find a little pleasure or distraction. At all events, by making dyes, the king had given him a suite of rooms at Chambord and a hundred thousand francs for the construction of a laboratory. That was a lot easier to say. <laughs> and according to St. Germain, the dyes discovered by the king would have, materially would have materially beneficial influence on the quality of French fabrics. This extraordinary man, intended by nature to be the king of impostors and quacks, would say in an easy, assured manner that he was 300 years old, that he knew the secret of the universal medicine, that he possessed a mastery over nature, that he could melt diamonds, professing himself capable of forming out of 10 or 12 small diamonds, one large one of the finest water without any loss of weight. All this, he said, was a mere trifle to him, notwithstanding his boastings, his bare-faced lies, and his manifold eccentricities. I cannot say I thought him offensive. In spite of my knowledge of what he was, and in spite of my own feelings, I thought him an astonishing man, as he was always astonishing me. You want to go on from there, dear? I'm a little tongue-tied. Tongue-tied, yes. I need to take a break. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Go ahead. In the Dutch Republic, in March 1760, at the height of the Seven Years' War, St. Germain traveled to the Ho Hogue? H the Hague. Hague. In Amsterdam, he stayed at the bankers Adrian and Thomas Hope and pretended he came to borrow money for Louis the 15th with diamonds as collateral. He assisted Bertrand Philip, Count of Gronsveld, stating a porcelain, starting a porcelain factory in Wiesp as furnace and color specialist saint germain tried to open peace negotiations between britain and france with the help of duke louis ernest of brunswick lundberg british diplomats concluded that saint germain had the backing of the duke de belle isle and possibly of madame de pompadour who were trying to outmaneuver the french foreign minister the pro-austrian duke de chaussois Chousseau? Close enough. Okay. <laughs> However, Britain would not treat with St. Germain unless he his credentials came directly from the French king. The Duc de Chousseau con convinced Louis XV to disavow St. Germain and demand his arrest. Count Ben... Ben... Ten, Bentinck. Bentinck de Rouen... I hate French names. Sorry. <laughs> A Dutch... Okay, that was Dutch. Dutch French. diplomat. Or Dutch. Regarded the arrest warrant as internal French politicking in which Holland should not involve itself. However, a direct refusal to exile St. Germain was also considered impolite. Not exile, extradite. Extradite? Oh, it is extradite. Mm -hmm. Considered impolitic? Durun uh, therefore facilitated the departure of St. Germain to England with a passport issued by the British ambassador General Joseph York. This passport was made out of it made out in blank, allowing Saint Germain to travel in May 1760 from Hes. Okay, somebody else Hello, do that. Yes. To London under assumed name, showing that this practice was officially accepted at the time. Aha, okay, 
from St. Petersburg, Germany, traveled to Berlin, Vienna, Milan, Umbergen, uh, Zutphen in June. 1762, Amsterdam in 1762 of August, Venice in 1769, Livorno mm -hmm. in 1770, and Nuremberg in 1772, Mantua in 1773, Hague in 1774, and Bad Swalbach, mm -hmm. and that doesn't give a date. Yep. Should I keep going, or yes, somebody sorry. else want to? Want to? My other information is not on your page, so. Right. She has different information. Okay. Death. In 1779, St. Germain arrived in Altona in Schleswig. Schleswig. Schleswig, where he made an acquaintance with Prince Charles of Hell's Castle. Hell's Castle. Mm -hmm. Who also had an interest in mysticism and was a member of several secret societies. And here they kind of, they poke their ugly heads again. The Count showed the Prince several of his gems and he convinced the latter that he had invented a new method of color coloring cloth. The Prince was impressed and installed the Count in an abandoned factory at Eckernford. He had acquired especially for the project. The two met frequently in the following years, and the prince outfitted a laboratory for alchemy experiments, alchemical experiments, in the nearby summer resident Lusenland, where they, among other things, cooperated in creating gemstones and jewelry. The prince later recounted in a letter that he was the only person in whom the country truly confided. He told the prince that he was the son of the Transylvanian Prince Francis II of Rokosi and that he had been 88 years of age when he arrived in Schwalswig. The, the count died in his residence in the factory on the 27th of February, 1784, while the prince was staying in Castle, and the death was recorded in the register of the St. Nikolai Church in Eckernford. Uh -huh. I lost my place. He was buried 2nd March, and the cost of the burial was listed in the accounting books of the church the following day. The official burial site for the count is Nikolai Church, St. Germ a German St. Nikol... I can't pronounce that. Nikolai in Eckenford. He was buried in a private grave on 3rd April the same year. The mayor and the city council of Eckernford issued an official proclamation that the auctioning off of the count's remaining effects in case no living relative would appear within a designated time period to lay claim to them. Prince Charles donated the factory to the crown and it was afterward converted into a hospital. Jean Overton Fuller found during her research that the Count's estate upon his death was a packet of paid and receipted bills and acquittances, 82 and 13 shillings cash, 29 various groups of items of clothing. This includes gloves, stockings, trousers, shirts, etc., 14 linen shirts, 8 other groups of linen items, and various sundries, razors, Buckles, toothbrushes, sunglasses, combs, etc. No diamonds, jewels, gold, or any other riches were listed, nor were kept cultural items from travels, personal items like his violin, or any notes of correspondence. And that okay. would have probably been taken by the crown anyway. Mm -hmm. So, this history basically says that he did live and did die. Or did he? <laughs> Who knows? There's a lot to be said about the count. We'll get into more of that here in a minute. But 
The Count, among other things, was a uh, accomplished uh, musician and songwriter, basically. Um, I'm going to quickly go over this list of his musical um, donations to the world, basically. Uh, we start with the trio sonatas. There were six sonatas for two violins with a bass for harpsichord and violoncello. Violoncello, sorry. Um, Opus 47, F major, 4-4 multiple adagio. Opus 48, uh, 2, B flat major, 4-4 allegro. Opus 90, you know what, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> Let's just say there were uh, six sonatas for two violins with a bass for harpsichord and violoncello. Um, seven solos for a violin. Um, and they can be found probably anywhere listed on Google. So yeah, have fun, much, people. Yeah. Uh, there are four English English songs listed for him, uh, credited to him. Uh, one is Bless The you. Maid That's Made for Love and Me, or Wouldst Thou Know What Sacred Charms. Uh, there's Job, When He Saw My Fanny's Face. It is Not That I Love You Less, and Gentle Love, The Sour Befriend Me. Uh, he also did a number of Italian arias, which are quite numerous, actually. Um, looks like at least 20 different arias altogether. Oh, no, there's more. Closer to 30, I'd say. So there's a lot There's a lot to look up. So, you know, it says 32. 32, thank you. So if you listen, The bottom one the listed time, is number 32, so right. <laughs> at least 32. <laughs> so if you listeners get the time, look them up. Maybe you'll find something you like there. Bless you. So, uh, literature about the count. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Stereo sneezing. Cool. <laughs> oh, no, wait. 46. There's more. <laughs> 46. Uh, it's, there's a lot. Yeah, apparently, he was pretty hot in Italy. <laughs> so, the best-known biography is Isabel Cooper's Oakley's The Count of St. Germain, uh, published in 1912, which gives a satisfactory biographical sketch it is a compilation of letters, diaries, and private records written about the Count by members of the French aristocracy who knew him in the 18th century. Another interesting biographical sketch can be found in The History of Magic by Eliphas Levi, originally published in 1913. Numerous French and German biographies have been published. Among them, Der Weiterganger, Das Zitlos Leben des Grafen von Saint-Germain by Peter Krasse. Le Comte de Saint-Germain by Marie-Raymond Delorme and Le Nematic, let me try that again, Le Nematic Comte de Saint-Germain by Pierre Sierra and Francois Etienne. In his work Sages and Seers in 1959, Manley Palmer Hall refers to the biography of Graf Saint-Germain by E.M. Ottinger, published in 1846. Um, the Count actually has a few books attributing to him as well. Discounting the snippets of political intrigue, a few musical pieces, and one mystical poem, there are only two pieces of writing attributed to the Count. Le Tres Saint, Trinosophie, and the Untitled Triangular Manuscript. First book attributed to the Count of Saint-Germain is, as we said, Le Tres Saint, Trinosophie, the Most Holy Trinosophia a beautifully illustrated 18th century manuscript that describes in symbolic terms a journey of spiritual initiation or an alchemical process. Depending on the interpretation, this book has been published several times. 
most po no, most noted sorry most notably by Manly P. Hall in Los Angeles, California in 1933. The attribution of St. Germain rests on a handwritten note. What was that? I'm sorry, Aaron. I didn't say anything. That's just playing with stuff in the room. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry about that. I thought you'd said something. I thought she sneezed again. So, so the attribution of St. Germain rests on a handwritten note scrawled inside the cover of the original manuscript stating that he that this was a copy of a text once in St. Germain's possession. However, despite Hall's elaborate introduction describing the Count's legend, the Most Holy Trina Sophia shows no definitive connection to him. Second work attributed to St. Germain is the untitled 18th century manuscript in the shape of a triangle. The two known copies of the triangular manuscript exist as Hogarth Manuscript 209 and 210. Both currently reside in the Manley Palmer Hall collection of alchemical manuscripts at the Getty Research Library. Nick Koss decoded and translated this manuscript in 2011, and it was published as the Triangular Book of St. Germain by Ouroboros Press in 2015. Unlike the first work, it mentions St. Germain directly as its originator. The book describes a magical ritual by which one can perform the most extraordinary feats that characterize the legend of Count of St. Germain, namely procurement of great wealth and extension of life. Hence the legend. So now we're going to get into into the legend, basically. Um, Tracy, you want to, or actually, we haven't heard from Aaron or Tracy in a while here. So who wants to go first? <laughs> They're being quiet. I want, I want to hear the legends first. You want to hear the well? I, I have him as a prophet. Okay, well that's part legend. of the legend. Go for it. So um, you probably found the same timeline I did. Quite possible. So according to one source, Saint Germain returned to France during Louis the Fourteenth's reign. As a, as a confidant of Marie Antoinette, who was acquainted with the court's reputation as a mystic and prophet. Sorry, the Count's reputation. And when he preceded events with, with eerie accuracy, including the detailed foretelling of the French Revolution, the Queen reportedly responded, quote, only royalty would be left, end quote. St. Germain replied, no, not even royalty. There will be a bloodthirsty republic whose scepter will be the executioner's knife. However... St. Germain didn't live to see this prophecy come to fruition. He recorded his recorded death between 1781 and 1784, years before the French Revolution unfolded. However, many believe that this is only the first of, of many, sorry, many of his incarnations, including that of Ascended Master. Uh, as Ascended Master and mythical encounters, sorry, mystical encounters, the most lasting myth surrounding his status is as an ascended master, with many who claim to have encountered him over the hundreds of years. Those who reported, sorry I can do this, those reported visitations include theosophists such as Anne Besant, C.W. Ledbader, and Edgar Cayce. Theosophy founder Madame Blavatsky stated that Saint Germain was one of the masters of wisdom and that she was in possession of several secret documents written by him. In 1881, more than 100 years after before his... You, hold yes. on, before you go any further, I didn't mean to cut you off, but right. to the previous point that you made there about him, um, there is a theory, or a story, or whatever, that um, Francis Bacon is actually the Count de Saint-Germain. Uh, according to what I've got here, it says, uh, he made it appear that he died on Easter Sunday of, of 1626, and even attended his own funeral in disguise. 
It's believed by the adherents of the Ascended Master teachings, as you were saying, that he then traveled secretly to Transylvania and then part of Hungary, which is now part of Romania, to the Rokosi mansion of the noble family of Hungary. Finally, on May 1st of 1684, he's believed to have attained, by his knowledge of alchemy, his physical ascension, attaining immortality and eternal youth, the sixth level of initiation, at which time Francis Bacon adopted the name St. Germain. Okay. There's that theory I, that, I don't that he's that actually Francis Bacon. I, I, as far as I know, I haven't come across that part mm -hmm. in here, so... But anyway, please continue. Okay. The processing of commercial information is complete. Back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in 1881, more than 100 years after St. Germain's purported death, Madame Blavansky wrote... At long intervals have appeared in Europe certain men whose rare intellectual endowments, brilliant conversation, and mysterious modes of life have astounded and dazzled the public mind. The article now copied from all from all year round relates one of these men as the Count Saint Germain. Masters of Ancient Wisdom, or the Ascended Masters, represent a group of souls who allegedly earned their right to ascend to return to Earth from time to time as teachers, or just to teach from a higher plane of existence. According to the Aetherist Society, an international spiritual organization dedicated to spreading t and acting upon the teachings of advanced extraterrestrial in intelligences, uh, Count St. Germain is one of the ascended masters who include Lord Babaji, Lord Maltria, St. Guling, Swami Vivekananda, and Madame Volvansky. Among others that re who reported mythical sorry, mystical encounters with St. Germain include Guy Ballard, founder of the, the I Am Activity. Which we've talked about before, the Mount Shasta story. Yes. Mm -hmm. Who claimed to have met St. Germain on Mount Shasta in August of 1930. This legendary encounter resulted in a series of books that Ballard said St. Germain dictated to him and are known as the St. Germain series. According to the St. Germain Foundation, an organization declared, so dedicated to the teachings of wisdoms received by Ballard and headquartered in Schomburg, Illinois. Each book is a discourse, sorry, each book and discourse carries the definite radiation and consciousness of the Ascended Masters. In 1957, Elizabeth Clare Prophet, a member of the IM Activity, also reported a life-altering visitation from St. Germain, believing him to be among the most prom uh, prominent of the Ascended Masters. She founded the Summit Lighthouse in 1958 with her husband Mark L. Prophet, as well as the Church of sorry Church Universal and Triumphant, centered on Saint Germain. Mysterious endings and a legacy of the Violet Flame. There are many who view Saint Germain as disappearing and reappearing throughout history, uh, masterminding the world's events. He is looked to as the embodiment of the Age of Aquarius and the spiritual figurehead of the New Age movement. Whatever one believes, Saint Germain. Has Saint Germain's life has ended mysteriously as it, as well as it began. I love being able to read. I swear. While German local records state that he died February twenty seventh, seventeen eighty four, as a guest of the castle of Prince Charles of Hesse Castle, Saint Count Saint Germain is said to have defied physical death, only to live on reincarnation forms, continuing to live as an immortal count, or as playwright Voltaire wrote of uh, the Comte Saint Germain. He was a man who knows everything and who will never die. Shall I continue? Because I have... You can, but I can actually go even further back than what you've got there. Awesome. If you want. Because I'm, I'm... 
Only a little bit from the end of what I have. Okay, well, my timeline goes back to between 600 and 530 BC. Awesome. Can you believe that? <laughs> cool. These are, uh, some of this is from the Count's own claims, too, I might add. Uh, at that time, the Count claimed to have received the staff of Moses from one of Moses' great grandsons during the time of Cyrus in the location of Babylon. Uh, 364 to 375 BC, the Count supposedly lived as a missionary under the rule of Emperor Valentinian I. As a missionary, during this time, he traveled to Cornwall, England. Uh, in 1307 to 1327, he had rooms at the Tower of London under King Edward II's rule. Also knew Raymond Lowell, a mathematician, polymath, philosopher, logician, writer, and mystic of the Kingdom of Majorca, who is credited with writing the first major work of Catalan literature. Recently serviced manuscript shows work to have predated by several centuries prominent work on election theory. He's also considered a pioneer of computation theory, especially given his influence in Leibniz. Uh, 1510 to 1540, keep in mind we're still about 200 years prior to his actual, his actual recorded claims. Like death, yes. Yeah. Okay. Count St. Germain, <laughs> 1510 to 1540. <coughs> Excuse me. Count St. Germain claims to have spent time studying speculative chemistry with Francis I of France at some point during these years. We'll give it a shot. Okay. 1580 claimed to know Michael Aquim de Montaigne. Uh, 20 February of 1533 through 13 September of 1592. I guess they had this relationship also known as Lord of Montaigne, was one of the most significant philosophers of the French Renaissance, known for popularizing the essay as a literary genre. His work is noted for its emerging of casual anecdotes and autobiography with intellectual insight. His massive volume, Esaias, contains some of the most influential essays ever written. The Count even produced a written dedication from Montaigne to himself, as Count St. Germain, when uh, Madame Pompadour asked. Um, let's see. I think from this point we're all caught up. So if you where? want to continue on, Show me do. where. I'm on the timeline part, dear. Where? Uh, he 1695 to 1700. You jumped ahead? <laughs> yes, the rest was all redundant information. So. Thanks for telling me. <laughs> the joys of, of trying to merge everyone's paperwork together. Yep. Yeah. So, let's see. Um... So, so the Count de Saint Germain, the Immortal Count. This is from uh, April nineteenth of twenty twenty. So I, I was trying as much recent information as I could, mm -hmm. in hopes of making progress. So keeping my fingers crossed here. Okay. Uh, Shirley Nomad has drawn breath whose life has shrouded more mystery than the individual who went or goes by the name of the Count de Saint Germain. The most we can really say about him is that he actually existed, but more than that. We cannot be completely certain. Let's start with the beginning, uh, or as close to it as we can get. Um, his year of birth given alternative, alternatively as 1691 or 1712, although it's been said to, uh, he's been said to have been a guest at a wedding at Cana where Jesus famously turned water into wine, and was also reported to have attended ecclesiastical assembly known as the First Council of Nicaea in 325 CE. What on earth am I talking about? You're probably wondering if it was just as much just uh -huh, just as much justification. Even if he was born in 1691, he still would have been well over a millennia too young to have 
attended any of the events in question. As, sorry, my mouse moving. There we go. Um, an account, sorry, an account, purported conversation between the count and the countess von Gregory adds even further to the enigma. And in any case, this year's birth must have been considerably earlier, as the year suggested above. In 1760, the countess was an elderly lady attending a soirée in Paris, given by Madame de Pompadour. Upon being introduced by the Count, she recalled having seen him fifty years earlier in Venice in 1710, but didn't appear to have, he did not appear to have aged in that half a century. He simply made the assumption that it must have been, or sorry, she simply made the assumption that it must have been the Count's father that she had encountered. Although, um, it, my mouth jumped again, sorry. What year was that again? That was 1670. Okay. That she saw him in 1710. Mm -hmm. um, but the conversation between the two of them reported to have been as follows. Him saying, No, madame, I myself was living in Venice at the end of the last century, in the beginning of this century. I had the honor to pay you court then. She says, Forgive me, but that's impossible. And he said in, uh, that I knew in those days to, that you were at least 40, 45 years old, and you at the outside of that age are at that age at present. Madame, I am verily, very old, he responded. But you must be nearly 100 years old, she said. That is, not that is not possible. And he says that everything is possible knowing the secrets that I know. So what's the explanation of his, of his incredible longevity? Apparently, the Count Saint Germain was an expert in the art of alchemy. Not only was he able to turn base metals to gold, but he also discovered the elixir would impart immortality to those who consumed it. Having quaffed the quantity of it himself, he's presumably about the age 45, thus, to and thus inclined to live forever. So Being forever 45, basically. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's a good age to be. Yeah. Well, I've got another theory about him, too. Um, when you get ready for it. Okay. <laughs> Being of such great age, the, he, he exuded the wisdom of grace and an enormous experience and displayed a considerable artistic ability. He traveled extensively throughout Europe and charmed his way into the company of the continent's royalty and upper class. He has wine and dined the upper echelons of society but was never set to eat, instead drinking only what appeared to be a red wine. The French Enlightenment philosopher Voltaire and contemporary, a contemporary of the Count said of him, a man who never dies and knows everything, which I've said before. Upon meeting him in 1960, or sorry, in 1760, yep, I can do this, famous Italian author Casanova commented that he's an extraordinary man, would say easily, assured manner that he was 300 years old and that he knew most of the universal medicine, that he was, uh, had possessed a mastery over nature and could melt diamonds. All this, he said, was a mere trifle to him. So what became of the old count? Well, the simple answer is, we don't know. According to one account, in 1779 he traveled to Hamburg, in modern-day Germany, where he became equated with Prince Charles of Hesse Castle, which we know his death of February 27th in 1784. Mm -hmm. However, that's far from the end of the story. Um, this remarkable individual in 1785 was reported to be seen in the company of Anton Mesmer, the pioneering hypnotist, who was claimed learned hypnotic techniques from the Count. Also, Freemasonry records indicate the Count Saint Germain was chosen to be their representative in the convention of 1785. He popped up again in 17, 
1821. So you've got a man who is long-lived, never ages, knows hypnotism, mm -hmm. and only drinks red wine, so what, some sort of red liquid, and doesn't eat in, in company in of others. People, yes. What's that speak to you about? That tells me vampiric nature, but that's also because I played a lot of D&D &D and a lot of White Wolf. Oh, it does actually, yeah. Well, actually, in 1902, um, Jacques St. Germain arrived in New Orleans, uh, Louisiana, very similar to the Count, claimed to be related to the Count also. Uh, police were called to his home at 1041 Royal Street after a woman leapt from his second-story balcony. He went to bite her neck, vampire-style, but was distracted by a knock at his door. He promised to show up to the police station after the incident, but instead fled the city. The police found bottles with a strange mixture of blood and wine in his home. He was nicknamed Vampire Jack. Was it the same man? Hmm. Who knows? <laughs> Let's see, my, my last few bits here are between 1880 and 1900. It was claimed that he was involved in the Theosophical the, the Society. He was working towards the spiritual development of the West. In 1897, the French opera singer Emma Cave autographed a portrait of herself and dedicated it to the Count. More recently, he turned up in Paris in 1972, claiming to be the Count Saint-Germain, although he was now living under the name Richard Chanfrey. He later took his own life in Saint-Tropez in 18, sorry, 1983, although he has uh, been alleged that nobody was discovered. Just a suicide note. Most recently, of us all, it has been noted that the American actor, comedian, and, impression, and sorry, impressionist Kevin Pollack bears a striking resemblance to the portraits of the Count. When his when this is pointed out to him, he happily confirmed that he was indeed the Count. And however, do bear in mind that Kevin is a comedian. I actually saw him do that on a uh, television. I see. And the, 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 the the resemblance to the portrait of the Count of Saint Germain is actually quite striking. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised. The last thing I have is the Count St. Germain was undoubtedly a man of great charm and intellect who earned his reputation on his own lifetime or lifetimes of his extraordinary abilities. What reputation, however, seems to have grown over the, the intervening years uh, into the stuff of fanciful legend, or did he really discover the elixir of eternal life? If so, may we have a little bit of what you're doing, St. Germain? Exactly. We could all use a little bit of that. Yeah. Just now, so I can I can not feel like battered, you know what? Yeah, at the end I, of the day. <laughs> but at the same point, I do not wish to be drinking blood-infused red wine for the rest of my life. No. <laughs> so that pretty much wraps up our our stuff on him. I've got a little bit on Richard Chamfrey. I don't know if we want to go into that or not. Um, I want to hear Miss Aaron's story. Yeah. So yeah. Well, sitting here waiting with baby breath. So tell us about your encounter yeah. with the Count of St. Germain. <laughs> so, um, as some of your listeners may know, I don't, I'm not sure, you know, if they've listened to the past um, sessions that we've done together and, and have known my ET contact. Um, my, my encounter with St. Germain, or at least a being that I think may be St. Germain, it is very hard to tell, as you can see from the last... Um, little bit here he is a little bit elusive um anyways what happened is I, I was asleep and i was taken into a training mode basically which happens often with contactees we are taken and we are we are trained in different um 
techniques, whether it's um, telepathy, telekinesis, things like this, but I was instructed drill sergeant style in how to create wormholes. I was making gates between dimensions over and over and over. And the, the, the teacher that I had, or the, the, the man with the whip, basically, um, was a small man with um, 17th century garb on. You know, he had on uh, a jacket, kind of shiny silk-like with a big belt. He had on pantaloons and hose and shoes with little heels and buckles on them. And he had a powdered wig and he had a you know powdered face, uh, makeup and, and all of that. And um, and it was it was absolutely grueling. It was not uh, a walk in the park. I was. Um, you know, forced to focus on how to do this, and, and what it was was all just in my mind. I needed to know the destination that I was going to. As soon as I was able to envision it, there would be a gate that would appear between me and this other dimension. We would cross into it, and I'd say, okay, cool, thanks, we're done. And he's like, no, do it again. And so we would open another gateway to another dimension. I'd say, okay, cool, are we done? No, do it again. And I was absolutely and completely and utterly exhausted to the point of tears. Um, I woke up several times just saying, oh my gosh, I just, I just, I can't do this anymore. And I'd fall asleep and I'd be right back in the clutches of this maniac doing it again and again and again until it was ingrained in me how to do this. I woke up in the morning so completely out of sorts that I had to call in sick to work. Hmm. Of course, I just said I didn't feel well. Yeah. Um, it's not like you can you can explain these kinds of things. No. And so, after a, a good morning rest and probably early afternoon, I was like, "Who the heck was that guy?" And that's and that's when I started looking at different ascended masters um, because I've I've worked with other ascended masters before, and so. I, I knew I'd be able to figure out who this was, and then I ran into, um, you know, a portrait of uh, Saint Germain in, in um, with the with the 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 coif, um, you know, the powdered wig, and, and mm -hmm. I thought that that's him. That's the guy. Yeah. So you looked right at him and, and said, "Oh, that's uh, Kevin Pollock." <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> You're bad. Did he look like I Kevin Pollock to you? remember his facial features to tell you the truth. I just remember the outfit and the hair and, and I just I knew that that's who that was. And then I've seen drawings of him with blonde hair and, and things like that and I'm like, no, nah, that, that's not it. But, you know, um, yeah, so that that is my account of St. Germain's story and, and it, it makes me think, you know, if we can cross dimensions like this, we can walk in and out of time Who's to say that he wasn't able to do that then? Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, the, the legends and the stories around him really make me wonder. Um, he certainly wasn't sweet-talking me and having good conversation. It was not like that <laughs> with me. Yeah, yeah, far cry from how he's described uh, historically, anyway. <laughs> right, yeah. Dude. We were not having fun. It was not, we were not in court. We were not having dinner. It was... Um, we were learning. We were learning hard. Well, in your case, maybe it was just 
his way of teaching. You know, okay, great. You created you, 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 yeah, you created this feat, and now you have to do it again. And you do it again and again and again until you become expert at it, basically. Still think he should treat you nicer. Yeah. That's just me. <laughs> It but, was rough. It was rough. Yeah, um, I, I and I really have never encountered him again. However, the lesson has never left. And it's something that, um, you know, I don't even have to think anymore. And I am able to step out of here into wherever I need to go. It is, there, there is no thought process. There is no, oh, let me sit and think about my destination. It's instantaneous. Boom. That's how I can do, you know, work with people's past lives. That's how I can work with, you know, any any of these things mm -hmm. um, that I do is because of what he taught me that day. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, you and I have done a few things together as far as healing and past life research and things like that. Um, and I guess what you're saying basically is you owe a lot of that to his teachings. Like. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Cool. What were you saying, Tracy? That's what it sounds like. It's been one of those. I, I'm kind of jealous of, of of your your not the 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 hard lesson taught, but I'm jealous of the lesson in general. The lesson itself, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in. I've been under drill sergeant's instructions before myself. And not pleasant. Not a fun road, but you do learn. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you better learn. Oh yeah. If or you else. don't learn, you don't live. Drop and give me 20. <laughs> Especially in wartime. <laughs> well, it wasn't wartime. Not the point. <laughs> and you know, the funny part is after uh, after I was uh, done with my rotation, I got to know some of those drill sergeants, and they're actually pretty decent people. They just have to be hard asses they, for the they job. They have to be to teach you, yeah. So, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's the case with you. Maybe you just had to be hard on you. I think so because, you know, if, you, if knowing myself and how reluctant I am to learn a lot of these things, and, and I drag my feet and I don't want to do it, meditation being a big one, um, trans mediumship being another one that I've really, really been hesitant on, I know that it, I'm going to get hit hard with it um, eventually, and I know that it had to have been, he was just sick of it, like, no, we're doing this now and we're going to do it my way. And, and this is your fault for not having listened in the past. You know, I, 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 know, I know how I have to, I have to be taught, and it is those hard lessons that are no fun. And, um, oh, yeah. And I did have to pick myself up crying off the ground many times. <laughs> I was so tired. Yeah, I imagine. So, at any point in time, did uh, St. Germain tell you why you had to learn this? I do not recall. Okay. Hmm. Do you have a feeling as to why? Yeah, uh, yeah because that's uh, what I need to know now. I mean, if, if I did not have that lesson and that understanding on how to uh, branch out multidimensionally, I would not be able to um, communicate the way I do right now, uh, whether it's uh, other, you know, interstellar or interdimensional deities if it's or you know deities or just beings uh, the earth itself sasquatch all of these beings i can speak to because i am able to go in and out of all the different dimensions and and it is what i'm supposed to be doing and and without that i, I wouldn't be able to do it 
Well, thank you, dear Count. <laughs> well, we appreciate him teaching you. Yes. Um, in, a, in a weird way, we kind of wish we could do it too. Um, I'm sure I could. I, I'm sure I could handle it uh, as far as being drilled into me, but I'm not sure I'd want to. <laughs> just it was it really him was it somebody just wearing him as a persona i don't know i don't know but uh, you know with the legends around him and um if he's popping in and out of time and if he never ages it, it makes complete sense mm -hmm. you know my my mantra there is no time and there is no space that's straight out of his playbook and um it would make sense too with him being all over the globe without any money. I mean, they say that he could create money, but there was no evidence on it when he died. And right. so... Yeah, he had nothing, basically, after he died. Right. If you have the ability to travel where, wherever and whenever you want, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Very true. I, I, okay. I, I'm not sure where to go from there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying... I'm observing... And I'm enjoying listening because I, how do I put this? I don't get to experience half of what people get to experience. And it's one of those I want to see, I want to feel, I want to, so let me, I'm enjoying that you're sharing this so I can learn. <laughs> well, and I'm kind of hoping that if I put out there in the universe, maybe I'll get a, a visitation or at least a, a hint of. Don't look this way, at the very least, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to say for myself, ever since I learned about the legend of St. Germain, I've been... Fascinated. I've always been fascinated with the man. Oh, yeah. To the point to where I hope that he's still kicking around. Be kind of cool. And he's not I would love fed to up with life. Hopefully he's not fed up with life at that point, you know? Yeah. I'd like to think that it keeps getting interesting. Well, why wouldn't it? I mean... We progress, things change. Yes, but humanity as a whole is very disappointing a lot of the time. Maybe so. But she's, la she's laughing, but she so, understands. But, but if you look at the Count's history, he he was um, he loved life and all of its facets. Yes, but yeah. after living for so long, change. yeah, he also knew he's, when things were going to change a and what was going on. True. Fascinating man, enigmatic. Yeah, but fascinating. Yes. So I don't know what else can be said about him. Um, you had twenty-two pages. Did I had twenty-two pages. How much did all, you skip? All, a lot of it was just, just repeat and timeline stuff, and just yeah. Okay, so I'm like, so, why am I holding these? We really don't need to tell the listeners all this stuff either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure, why not? Let them in on the behind the scenes. We're boring. We we research <laughs> stuff off the internet. <laughs> down rabbit holes and then we have to go through and, and discover that we might have repeat information from the rabbit holes so we bury that information and we go on from make it. a new rabbit hole yeah <laughs> whatever you say well she's not wrong <laughs> i'm not arguing with that <laughs> i'm just sitting here so anyway um is that about it for tonight pretty much that but i wanted Erin to tell us about her uh, her new endeavor. Her new endeavor. There's yeah. A new endeavor? There's a new endeavor. You're about to talk to somebody fairly famous, as I understand Ooh. it. Mm -hmm. uh, well, we don't have anything to release yet, but uh, there is a new radio show in the process of being done or podcast. It is 
Devil's Den Radio with Terry Loveless and myself as we interview many, many different people. Our goal is to look at the commonality and, you know, the thread that weaves through all sorts of paranormal type of experiences as we understand the expansion of consciousness. And so St. Germain goes right in the middle of all of this. You know, whether it's ET contact or near-death experiences, um, anything, past life regressions, understanding of uh, multi-dimensionality, all of this stuff we're going to be exploring together. Um, and yes, we, we may have a bigger announcement here pretty quick. Cool. Um, when is your launch date? Don't know that yet. Okay, that's still up in the air. Okay. Well, keep us posted and we will announce for you. I, I know there's a Facebook thing on it because I like added it and keep watching the, the updates. So. But yeah, we won't talk about it right now because it's not happening yet. Yes, but it's one of those, <laughs> like, I, I heard about this. Yeah, it's on my, my, my watch this list. She's very excited. She's chair dancing. It's very cute. <laughs> yep. So. I do Cool. Now, for yeah. for those of our listeners who don't know who that is, would you like to tell us? Well, I don't know a lot about Calvin. I barely started to talk about uh, you know talk about him and to him, uh, but I do know that he is a ET contactee who was very very reluctant to talk about his experiences until recently, and he has written a book and he's come out um, with his story, and it's just going to be great to learn about it. I think it's the past. Pascagoula. Okay. I don't remember to say it, but Pascagoula um, event that happened. So I have to look it up. Uh, the only thing I know about Pascagoula is it was the name of a place in, in a, a song called the Mississippi Squirrel Revival. <laughs> <laughs> Love Ray Stevens. That could very well be. So yep. I'm like, I know to cut it. it uh, no, that's. Not to come, so that was someone else. No, it was Pascagoula. No, I'm, I'm going through the list of, of, of how, how Tracy got in trouble in high school. Take special events that we're supposed to write, historic events that we're supposed to write about, and do uh, in-depth five to seven page essays on things like alien abduction and and um, curious explosions and, and have my teachers just shake their head going, but this is a Catholic school. I'm like, that's nice. It's Catholic school. I don't care. I'm writing about this. But it's like going through my list of names going, the Pascacula. I don't think I wrote about that one. I have to look that one up. I have to do that one. Yep. Because he did not want to talk about it at the time. Could be. And it's been a little while since high school. Yeah. A little while since high school. Mm -hmm. He's a recent abductee, so it wouldn't have been a subject yeah, no. matter in your school at the time. Nope. Cool. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know that you're you're a busy woman right now, Erin. You got a lot on your plate, but we are glad that you joined us tonight. Thank you. Thank you for thank joining you, thank us. You, thank you. Absolutely. Well, that was great having Aaron on. We love Aaron. Yes. <laughs> She's fun. And we hope to have her on again soon. Um, I want to wish her good luck with her endeavor on the new podcast. Actually, isn't it a radio show? Um, I don't think it's actually a podcast. I think it's a radio show. You're right. It is a radio show. Sorry. Sorry about that. It's a radio show. 
But either way, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> Best wishes. We hope you're successful. We're waiting to find out. They listen to the first one. Mm -hmm. So. Faded breath. Aww. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, um, before we go tonight, we need to uh, do our little bit of housekeeping as normal. Um, wanted to remind our listeners that we have a co an art contest going on right now. We want you to redesign Dollface. We have many entrants, but only from one person. Well, at I, least... I'm formulating one that I have trying to figure out how to, 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 to con my daughter into helping me make it because... Have her enter her own. I don't want to do a stick figure. Have her <laughs> enter her own. I'm What's trying that too. Figures? You draw a little stick figure doll, doll face with a knife murdering somebody. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's not Chucky. Never said she was. It's just an example. <laughs> don't do that. That's, don't draw a picture what, of doll face. That's not what I want to do. I know. I'm <laughs> just saying. Doll face is friendly. Doll face loves you. Sure, she does. Murder, murder, murder. <laughs> <laughs> Poor doll face. She gets a bad rap, but we love her. So anyway, yeah, you've got till February third. It's a Wednesday. You, this is this is Adri's contest idea as far as the date goes. So I have to no, you her. came up with the date, uh, and then you changed the it date, three times. So to you, so I so I remember that. So yes, I'm the one that I am the keeper of dates because apparently his mind doesn't hold dates and numbers anymore. I got a few of those too. <laughs> and I'm the keeper of dogs and cats and horses. Apparently so. Hi, <laughs> Connie. Yeah. <laughs> Connie's my friend whose horses I feed. So just a shout out to her and to the animals out there. And her kids and, and her grandbabies. Kids and grandbabies and all those guys. They're going they're going through a tough time. They just lost her grandma recently. So. Yeah. So her we're, we're the kid's great grandma, that. but yeah, she's she's not in pain anymore, but they still miss her and they're all going through some 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 emotional stuff. So, so anyway, getting back to the contest, uh you got till February third. We will spend that time Look at me like that. You said your piece, didn't you? I'm done. Which means she's not done. I'm going to hear about this later. Anyway. <laughs> you got till the 3rd, as I was saying, of February. Uh, after that, we will look over the submissions. I already have one I'm going to pick if he's the only... Uh, one of his, if none of nobody else enters, this is going to be his. Yep. I'm not upset with you. <laughs> anyway, we'll pick out the best one and whoever wins that will get a free t-shirt. With their design on it. Uh, one thing we do ask for the designs. If whatever you decide to do, we want to see the what in the logo on the design also. Okay. You can do it up in any style, any font you like, but it really should be there. Okay. We're going to start, we'll use it for our logo for a while probably. So. Yep. Hopefully we'll be able to get... Um, merchandise stuff going eventually and i'm gonna look into patreon this weekend because, Good, because you suck it. at it yeah apparently i did <laughs> i thought i was doing really good the other day i got on there set up the first tier it worked great set up the second tier it worked great except the third tier they all had the same thing oh yeah we'll figure it out go back to fix it and then i'll free go back to the lower tier it's just crazy so I, i'm i'm not sure what to do on that. So yeah, you do that. I will read up before I do anything. I'm That's going the to thing. work I... on the website before we get something going here. Yeah. What are you doing, Tracy? Yeah, uh, going <laughs> insane. Uh, so I'm trying to work on our way to be able to sound good when we are in separate locations. So yeah, I have to sit down at the house again 
because of you know being grounded due to COVID, or thankfully, or clumsy children, or clumsy children. But thankfully, <laughs> Sorry. Wood, the child's foot is healing normally. So hopefully, we'll hopefully, no surgery. I won't have to sequester myself in seven weeks. Just out of paranoia, but that's okay. Um, well, I'm sure she doesn't want to be there. She doesn't want to be there yeah. either. No. She's like, okay, I'm done. I get the boot off tomorrow. I'm like, you can try to take the boot off tomorrow. We'll see what happens. Okay. Um, you are your mother's daughter. She is her grandmother's granddaughter. <laughs> oh, one more thing I forgot to say, of course, with the contest as far as uh, sending the submissions. Where do you send them to, dear? The what in the podcast at gmail.com. Wrong the dear, but that's dear. good. <laughs> So yeah, so you can send it there, um, and then we'll look at over them and review them. Uh, some of you, or, or some of the one actually, have been posting on the Facebook, and that's great. We like to see them there, but we do need the submissions. And the what and the logo on it. With the what and the logo on it, so we can actually go over them one by one, pick one on the computer, and set up the designs. And then Facebook, go over and play Facebook on Redbubble. Facebook has issues with us trying to save images sometimes. Yeah, yeah they're like, if you didn't post it, you can't, can't have it. it. Yep. I was like, really? Which is why I'm glad that Craig here did email me the images as well. Yay! So I've got all those. Sorry. So, as far as getting a hold of us, you can do it that way. What's the other way to get a hold of us? You can leave a message on the episode you're listening to right now. In the description, there is a little button. You push on it. You put your email in. You... Get a form, you get one email, and you record your message, listen to it, don't like it, re-record it, and it gets to us. Yep, yep, yep. Sorry. <laughs> and then the other way, of course, is... You can reach out through Facebook and message any of us, because we're all there. Yep, yep. There's Kent Whittington and Adriana Camino and Tracy Lynn Hernandez, and you can reach out and say, hey, I have an idea, I have a thought, I have a... a comment let uh, us know you can reach out to us do not send okay i want to say one thing do not send links yeah. to us through facebook because i don't, don't open those them, and you're liable to get blocked <laughs> just a warning yes. because i don't mess with any of that stuff my friends so one of my friends got hacked recently and i know she got hacked so i'm not even gonna bother <laughs> i'll let her know but i'm not gonna leave us information don't leave us links leave us links let us know and then leave it on the general page but so feel can... free to post a link that yes. actually has a, a story page. or something like that. yeah that's different don't send us links through the messages. through the facebook messenger is what i was saying that's sorry what in the podcast facebook group because we would love to hear from you that's also how you can contact us we're all there on that page mm-hmm. yes 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 and after two weeks of being grumble fussed because of health stuff and, and fun things going on, <laughs> I will be part of the Facebook page again. You use the coolest words. <laughs> you stay off the page? I was I was not on Facebook much other than putting updates for my stuff because with all the things going on and and, and snotty ornery little girls and snotty ornery teenage kids. I saw a post about that. Yeah, I was like. I kind of just shut everything down because we're basics. I've been hiding from Facebook, and then I, I get on every once in a while. When it comes to politics, though, I, I was like, bye, I can't watch any of this anymore. And it's not because I pick one side or the other. I really don't want to hear about it right now. I I accepted what, the, you know, what it was, and I said, okay, that's fine. I'm an adult. And then I walked away. Whereas I am a Facebook slut. He will. He loses sleep for Facebook. He's like, I gotta go to bed because I gotta get to work in the morning. And then I, I come into bed like two hours later. I'm like, aren't you supposed on. to be asleep? 
Facebook. I said, yeah, okay, whatever, what and go away. call it in this house? Face suck. Face suck. I yep. call it face suck, and there's <laughs> a good reason. Yep. <laughs> I do the same thing. I can't, I'm guilty of it, too. Like, if I'm sick, I'm just laying there going, uh, I love crochet stuff. But I folks, love crochet that, groups. It does tell you that at least one of us is on Facebook. We see your posts. Yes. Sometimes. And I'm I speak of you there a lot more. That's the other thing, too. I'm going to encourage you guys to post more often. If you're yeah. listening to the podcast, if you're on the groups, talk to us. Give us opinions. Give us your opinion. If you got a good story or an idea you want to share, you can share it there Tracy's as well. been great about sharing stuff when she does. You don't have to call some of the messages we do, on the message board. We do like to hear you. Yeah. If it's a good idea, you know, if it's something good that you want to put on the show, record it. We'll put it on. That's fine. But if you Definitely. Have an, if you have a thought or an idea... That you want to share with us, go to the What in the Podcast Facebook group. I want to apologize. There. I want to apologize to our last rating that we are aware of on Apple. Uh, we uh, there there was a bunch of ideas and we haven't been able to, to go on with them. We've been trying to do this specific episode several times since it's been pushed back, and we apologize. We haven't done the research for it yet. We will get to you as soon as possible. I don't want people to think that we're just ignoring them because it's not true. We just haven't had a chance. Life gets in the way a lot of the time. Look, 2020, nobody had a life, almost all of it. So I had a birthday party and then suddenly I couldn't see any of my good friends anymore. I'm like, really? (laughs) Lockdown happened just before my daughter's birthday. So she had one of the first drive-by birthdays. It was one car of our awesome friends who came in from Elk Grove to bring her sushi and balloons and oh that's so sweet oh we're getting care up front okay we gotta you like sushi too right no oh. yes then when they open up again my sushi it's all you can eat <laughs> there's a there's one in roseville and there's one in west sack and they're all you can eat and then there's another place off of um what what does what greenback turn into Elkhorn. Good place. Sorry. I'm not mentioning names. We need to talk about I know, I know. We're kicked back. We like sushi. We're kicked back, but you jump those tracks so much. I think you're jumping over tracks. We all do. You know what? You do it too. I have seen you and heard yes, you do it. Yes, I have, but you tend to go to extremes. Um, uh, uh, what's being dragged up or down the stairs? Oh, maybe he's got to go. It's white, whatever it is, and it's okay. Well, I do have a phone in my hand because, because I actually found that last comment on oh, good. the podcast. I, I wanted to apologize. Okay. Uh, this is from He Is Cool 89, who did not give a name. And, and you guys leave a, leave these, please leave a name. We like no, to, no, you don't have to. Well, you don't have to, but if you can. If you want like to, to or like you want to message us on Facebook and let us know you left a comment or who you are, that's perfectly fine up to you if they don't want to do it publicly but anyway he is cool 89 posted on the fourth amazing podcast i really do love listening to this podcast i love all the stories and the commentators <laughs> five out of five stars for sure <laughs> yay an Thank idea you. that would be good to talk about would maybe be unexplainable disappearances or sightings of mythical beings like vampires banshees maybe mermaids or something along those lines overall very good podcast can't wait to listen to more soon well, I think Count Saint Germain kind of falls under that mythical creature thing, because, you know. <laughs> as far as the missing things go, I would like to do a missing 411 episode in the future. And I wouldn't mind doing it, but yeah, like I said, it's been kind of done to death lately. Lately. 
it has, but there's still a lot of good there's stories. a lot of stories, yeah. yeah. I don't want to say good stories because it's not good stories. Most of them, people aren't found ever, and then some people found in other places. And it ties into our fairy lore episode too, our fairy tales, because we do have that correlation Mm -hmm. in our heads that the disappearances are similar to fairy abductions, so to speak. Okay. But anyway, that's for another episode. Two comments or two two ads have been added to the to the, the, the list of things for Tracy to fall down rabbit holes of. Okay. Oh, okay. Tracy's digging. <laughs> Good luck. I, I... She's got her shovel. She's ready to go. <laughs> and once I get Patreon up and going, I'm going to start doing some shorts maybe for anybody who decides oh, yeah. to subscribe. I, I'm debating. I have this the ghost stories, but I also have uh, strange phenomena, weird stuff that I go through. And there's also, I was debating if anybody shows interest maybe in a little bit of true crime snippets if i can go through and find i have hundreds of true crime books i can't find them all or i used to everything's packed i've got lots of ideas anybody's got suggestions or anybody would be interested in this please let me know i i want feedback i I, i've got a question and if you people have a short you want to share we could actually do that we could do you know for patreon we could do listener stories just like hillbilly horror story make that happen Horror stories does like uh, Tracy and uh, Jerry do. So I mean, it, we could do a small episode for that if people want to. If they don't want to read their own stories, we can read them for them. You know. Yep. Some people I don't like. See, the thing is, you asked me why I don't listen to the podcast. It's not that I don't want to listen. I don't like the sound of my own voice. It's I hearing my voice kind of gives my hackles up. It's hard to explain. It goes back to the whole public speaking and throwing up when I was a child. But you're, you're one of the reasons people actually do listen. I don't know how it's true that is. Because what we hear in our heads as we speak is not the same as what is heard. The sound of your voice changes when it's outside of the head and sinus cavities. This is why I sound like Kermit the Frog on downers. <laughs> not always, just sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, I think we bored our public enough. Yes. <laughs> we love you guys. We love our listeners. We think it's great. We Everybody love the feedback. I hope you enjoyed the show and hope to hear from you in the future. Have a good weekend, friends and family. Camos who, who aren't friends and family. Future well, friends and family. Welcome to the family yes, to and the family. future friends. Yeah. Sure, why not? <laughs> Have a good night, folks. Bye. Good night. And cue the gremlin. What in the?